0: let's continue with our lessons on meeting with the king of kings and and knowing how to stand and how to connect and how to speak and how to be having a Shem in your life at all times so now let's continue with our lessons and we're going to continue on learning um, about uh, conditional love how do we move obstacles to conditional love and so we explained we explained before, that to reach conditional love you have to feel that everything comes from hashem and suffering can hinder conditional love and remove it from a person conditional love is dependent on hashem's bestowal of goodness and so when he stops bestowing goodness and in fact brings suffering to a person the cause for that love is gone And there's even a motive for the opposite feeling, because one might feel that Hashem wants to harm him. Has And certainly this is a misconception, but this is how it seems when one lacks the proper perspective. So if you want to love Hashem, you must make sure that suffering will never cause the love to stop. Even if this obstacle is removed, there's no guarantee that you'll attain love But you should at least take this initial step of removing one of the obstacles that prevent love and the first obstacle as we mentioned is suffering you might have physical suffering emotional pain or financial troubles it's difficult to feel hashem's love in these cases so how do we reach the level of just as one blesses hashem for the good so must he bless for the bad or as it's stated elsewhere, concerning those who suffer insult but do not insult. Who perform Hashem's will out of love and rejoice even in suffering, it is written. But they who love him shall be as a son going forth in its full force. So let's now explain. Um, we're going to explain. But first, the goal has to be clear. It has to be crystal clear that just as you feel Hashem's love, when he bestows goodness, So too, you have to feel this love when suffering. And there's no difference between the two because both require a bracha, which is an expression of thanks. If you think, if you must thank Hashem for it, so it's also a gift from Hashem. Both. So as long as you draw a distinction between the good and the bad, and when receiving something good, you're happy, and recognize Hashem's love, but when you're suffering, you don't. The suffering will be an obstacle to love and no one lives without suffering no one lives without suffering this is the reality of this world the only difference are the nature and extent of the suffering and every person has times when completely when surrounded by suffering and sometimes one senses that hashem is kind and is blessing him from all sides and sometimes a person feels that hashem places obstacles before them every step of the way so what is the proper way to look at things there are many different levels and let's discuss the simpler method before the more difficult one but there is a common goal is to see the gift in the suffering so that the suffering will not hinder your avoda so the first point is already familiar and, and 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 uh rather than skip it over completely let's let's mention it briefly it says who spares the rod hates his son and discipline your son he will give you peace and give you and give pleasure to your soul so anyone who wants his son to behave as a son should behave towards his father must discipline him and occasionally hit him and we're not talking about improper punishment out of anger and such but when there's an honest calculated evaluation that is best for the child's growth. And so when one hits his son properly, properly, not in a moment of anger, not in anything that's going to like, you know, create damage to him, then he will be both happy and sad. He'll be happy that hopefully the boy will return to the proper path and be improved by the discipline, but he'll be sad that he needs to set him straight in this manner. And in this case, he certainly has proper intent. So if a person would look at suffering as a patch from a father to son, He would have a different attitude. And we already mentioned the story about Rav Chaim of Sons. When returning from the funeral of his son, he appeared happy. And when questioned how he could be happy at a moment like this, he responded with an example. A person is walking on the street and he receives a powerful blow on his shoulder. He flinches and turns around angrily to see who hit him. And behold, he sees a smiling face of his closest friend greeting him. He calms down and he's even happy to see him so it all depends on how you look at the Creator's management of the world if you take Hazal's statement literally that Hashem's anger lasts for exactly 0.01 seconds each day then you'll think that just as you sometimes lose control and can hit your son not with love but with impatience and rage so so does Hashem do such a thing Shalom, and it will then seem to you as if suffering comes from such divine anger But if you realize that the idea that Hashem gets angry was never meant to be taken literally, then you'll look at the matter differently and understand that the whole reason Hashem created us was to bestow His goodness upon us. And if so, we must view each and every event in our lives as an expression of His love and kindness. So do not think that we're referring solely to the big picture and that's the only condition or conclusion of the entire 6,000 years of history that will it finally be revealed to that everything was for the good. Rather, we're speaking about the creator of the world. Since the goal is goodness, the means must match the end. Every single event that occurs to a person is absolutely and unequivocally good. And learning the hidden from the revealed, the awareness that all is absolute kindness has two aspects. And so now let's begin with the easier and simpler one. We're all familiar with stories in which a person was late or a bus or train and was upset and then after being informed that there was like an accident. And thanked to Shen for saving him. And so we will not elaborate on the stories, but let's focus on the lesson that we wish to glean from them. We see that even in this world, events that at first sight might seem like suffering are later revealed to have been absolute kindness. And with a limited and partial perspective, a person doesn't see the context and an event may appear negative. Afterwards, then the bigger picture is revealed, then a person sees the exactitude of the Creator's guidance and his will to bestow goodness. And so, from the revealed kindness, we can learn about the hidden ones. You have to first realize that Hashem is always kind. And sometimes we see it and sometimes we won't. When we don't see it, it's because we only see part of the picture. If we would have a broader perspective, including what happened in all the prior Gigulim incarnations, we would gain a totally different perspective on the world. And we all know the parable taught by the whole time a guest visits a city and sees the gabbai calling up people for aliyot to the Torah randomly. And once he calls up someone from one row and later from a different row, seemingly without any order. And after the tefillah, he approaches the gabbai and asks, why do you call up the members of your congregation out of order first from one row and then from another wouldn't it be better to honor one after the other according to the way that they are seated in the synagogue and the rabbi explains you're a guest here so you're not aware of how we do things here we cannot just go in order of how people are seated one week someone has a bar mitzvah and so he gets an aliyah another week someone else has a yard site so he gets an aliyah If someone comes just once, it's bound to appear completely disorganized. But if someone observes for a full year, he will clearly see the perfect order and the fairness and the division of the aliyot. So when a person looks at the world, his perspective is constricted to that moment. Even if he has a broader picture, he will at most see a week or two or maybe a month. But he won't be able to look back or forward 30 years. And in the days of the Chofetzheim, a certain landlord cruelly threw a widow and her children out into the street because they didn't pay the rent. And decades later, the landlord was attacked by a vicious dog which bit him and dragged him all over the town. And the Chofetzheim said, I have been waiting for decades to see how Hashem would punish this man. And I was certain that he would repay him for this terrible act. And the Chofetzheim had the patience to wait decades until he finally saw the picture completed and we on the other hand look at very short periods so our perspective is lacking but even if one does remember for decades you only remember what has happened in this gilgul and this reincarnation since we have all gone through several gigulim with issues from each gilgul accumulating and requiring fixing we cannot understand the mysteries of divine providence and all the profound reasons behind why hashem does things as he does and when you understand this clearly you will certainly conclude that everything hashem does is an expression of kindness and it's only because our view is limited to a short period of time that we can only see a small part of the picture and we therefore don't perceive the kindness but only the part of the picture that is the suffering And nevertheless, since we have seen or heard stories that show how the picture does come together and the full kindness does become revealed, then we're obligated, we're obliged to conclude that such is the case with everything in creation. So therefore, if you suffer physically, financially, or emotionally, you have to first acknowledge, even before you internalize it, that the event was pure kindness. You should use the examples we just stated and any other stories that you know and say to yourself, I will learn from the revealed about the hidden. And those incidents that people didn't know at the time what the point of the suffering was. But they saw the kindness once they gained a more inclusive view. And, and this is a simpler point, but it's very true. May Hashem grant us the privilege to live with it. And there's also a deeper truth. My beautiful students that if you need it, you should employ it. But if you feel that it's above your level, then you can set it aside. So we present it here for the benefits uh, of those who need it. So David Amalek said, How great are your works, Hashem? Your thoughts are extremely deep. So an empty person cannot grasp this, and a fool is incapable of understanding it. So we'll provide an example, but the point is much deeper than the example. Okay. So a young child is in the kitchen. He goes to the cabinet and takes out a bottle of bleach he wants to put his finger in the liquid and from there into his mouth so his father sees what's happening he runs quickly and forcibly grabs the bottle away from the child before he has a chance to drink from it and the child bursts into tears so if he's too he's very insulted that something was taken from him the father who takes away clearly knows that he is doing a kindness but the child himself doesn't understand why he's being treated that way he's thirsty and it's a hot day so why can't he drink something sweet and the example seems clear but we have to contemplate the depth contained in it and the difference between the prior lesson and this one so until now we work with the assumption that hashem's kindness is within our comprehension except that we lack the details needed to give us the proper perspective if we would only know all the details whether from 20 years ago or from a previous Gilgul, we can understand so we presume that hashem's kindness is understandable to the human mind even that we don't see it because we lack some details and we know that we don't have all the details but we understand that just as we understand the kindness we are finally see the details so too when we don't see the details there must be kindness involved and but in the current example the point is much deeper Even if the father would sit with the infant for three days and nights, he won't be able to explain to him why he can't drink the bleach. The child cannot understand. And the problem is not that the child has not been given enough information. The problem is that he cannot comprehend. More information is not gonna help him. So if the father tries to explain that the bleach has a certain constitution and the body has a certain constitution and the bleach will harm the body's internal organs the child will not grasp what his father wants from him he's only two years old and so by considering the meaning behind this example we can attain a much greater appreciation of hashem's kindness normally a person looks at everything from his own perspective for example hashem hashem gives you a large amount of money and you can purchase a car with it so you think this gift certainly a kindness because now it'll be easier for me to, to travel and i won't get headaches and such and this is true. And it can bring a person close to Hashem. But there's a much loftier concept. When Hashem gives something to a person, He gives from the perspective of the Creator. Not from the perspective of the created being. Hashem's real intent when bestowing kindness on His creations is beyond our comprehension. And let's give another example. So that the thought that we're trying to like transmit will become clearer. The Talmud says... The Talmud says, a slave prefers promiscuity. He would rather be a slave and be permitted to live with a maidservant than to have the responsibilities of a free man and not be allowed to live with one. And so it's clear that he, if he would live this world, if he would leave this world as a slave, his spiritual level and closeness to Hashem in the next world will be much lower than as a free, full-fledged Jew. So what then is really better for the slave? Certainly, to be free and become Jewish so what does he think though what's he thinking he wants to remain a slave so even if you would sit with him for days and days and explain that it is so good to be jewish it would not help at all because as it's as as it states taste and see that hashem is good so it's not an intellectual matter it's sensed by the soul so you can try to explain that length to people that they should want to be close to Hashem, but you cannot give the wonderful taste of true closeness to Hashem. It's impossible, impossible. It's called a sod. This is called a sod. And a sod cannot really be explained. And the experiential taste of something, like the taste of closeness to Hashem, is a mystery and it cannot be described. When Hashem wants to bestow goodness on his creations, the nature of the goodness is a sod. And there's such a concept that the sod of Hashem is for those who revere him. But even when he conveys a sod to them, there's deeper secrets within it that even they do not know. And so the acts of Hashem are very deep kindness. Very deep kindness is we do not even possess the tools for evaluating them. So in the examples that we just gave, the father and the master are confronted with the impossibility of explaining the logic of their position in a way that the child and the slave can comprehend. The father understands the danger of drinking bleach and the master understands the value of closeness to Hashem. But the child and the slave remain stubbornly impervious to such logic. So Hashem's kindness is a godly kindness and is far beyond the type of kindness familiar to created beings. And certainly we do see aspects of his kindness on a certain level, but no one, not even Moshe Rabbeinu, was able to grasp the full depth of his kindness with each person. Moshe Rabbeinu grasped more than anyone, but Hashem's kindness is in fact infinite, and only, only Hashem can grasp the infinite. And so according to the first perspective we mentioned, when a person evaluates an event, You have to believe that it's an act of kindness, even that you do not have the totality of the details. So as to see how this is so. And according to the second perspective, one does not even have the tools with which to evaluate what is and what is not a kindness. So in attempting to explain heavenly justice, the Rambam thus wrote, This is evaluated according to Hashem's understanding, and only He knows. And the Sephora of state that even in God Eden, a person will not be able to grasp the ultimate kindness in each event. And one will come to grasp deeper and deeper ideas, but the ultimate death is infinite and incomprehensible. And not only do we not understand suffering, but we don't even understand kindness. And even though we say the blessing, blessed is he who is good and bestows good, we don't understand the death of goodness. When you realize that you don't grasp the kindness, you will clearly appreciate that you don't grasp the suffering. And a person thinks a person thinks that a person can understand kindness but not suffering. But in fact, we understand neither. We must have faith in Hazal, who said that the whole creation is for the bestowal of kindness. So in the next lessons, we're gonna to try to show how to bring these ideas into your heart. But first, It has to be clear to you has to be clear to you that all of Hashem's acts bestow kindness without a single exception and when you sense that there are events in your life that are not expressions of kindness and you become distant from the Creator and when you understand that each event is true kindness nothing can distance you from the Creator and you'll be able to become close to him both through what seems like kindness and through what seems like suffering, because your joy with them will be equal, because they're all from Hashem. So may Hashem with the Olam, enable us, Bezrat Hashem, to cleave to Hashem at all times, taking everything with love, because you only bestow love upon us. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Ve'amen.